Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, episode 67 with Tyler Hubbard from Florida Georgia Line. Let me ask you, you're a songwriter. Do you hear a song on the radio right now that you're like, man, I wish I wrote that? Probably you prove because that song stayed at number one for like five weeks. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I texted Morgan like, hey, buddy, you going to start paying rent on that chart position or are you going to let somebody else slide in there? So anyway, probably that one. <laughs> I love talking with Tyler Hubbard from Florida Georgia Line. He's so funny. We had a good time. Talked about his new album, uh, that he's got a solo album, and, you know, what's next in his career. He had one of the biggest country music bands ever. So we'll get into that with Tyler Hubbard. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this podcast coming up. It's part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. Evan Paul here hanging with Tyler Hubbard. What's happening? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. I got a question. Okay, so was it a gift or a curse that your first solo song went all the way to number one? Ooh, I think that's a gift, man. Yeah. I think that's a gift. That feels good, and, uh, man, I'm grateful. Are you Are you worried, though, like now – does number two have to get to like where are you on that man i don't know i'm i feel more motivated than anything at this point you know it's it's kind of nice to have that first first one behind me and uh and, and you know excited for what's to come to be honest where have you heard five foot nine out in the wild in the wild <laughs> <laughs> like, where have you been out in the wild where have i heard it uh i'm trying to think of of uh you know, actually, I hadn't heard it a lot of weird places, but I do get people that send me videos occasionally from the oddest places, from car dealerships or from spas or some random restaurant, you know, and they're like, hey, bro, they love five foot nine. And they're, they'll just send me a video of, of the song playing. So uh, I don't have any personal. What about your wife? Does she ever hear it? And is she like, oh, man, that's my song. Like, did she get embarrassed? I'm sure she thinks that every time she hears it. I hope <laughs> she does. She better think that. Tell me a good story about touring with Keith Urban. A good story. Oh man. Well, the last the last show of the tour, we uh, we me and Ingrid Andrus and our and our bands, we all went out there dressed up in different animal costumes and kind of pranked uh, <laughs> Keith on the last show and ran out. He does this little bit, this uh, Lion King little portion of his show, uh-huh. some sort of uh, yeah, a piece of that, and so we all came out and. Uh, and kind of threw him a curveball unexpectedly and run around stage for a little while. That was fun. We also rode around. He has this thing called, uh, these little cars called crazy carts. And, uh, oh, I seen that. They're really a lot of fun. And, and he got them out and he said, yo T come over here and check this out. And he, you know, we rode around the venue a few times and, uh, that was, that was <laughs> quite an adventure. Do you feel like a little kid when you're uh, like sound checking in a big venue and you can do stuff like I that? I do, yeah. It's a lot of fun before any fans get there. And, yeah. You know, it's pretty empty. We're just kind of having our own little party before the show. It's a good time. Did you get to meet Nicole Kidman? Uh, I did not meet her or I did not see her uh, out on tour, but I have met her at some award shows and seen her around. And uh, I love her and Keith, man. They're just incredible people and, uh, you know, definitely, definitely role models. How hard was it for you to write Miss My Daddy? Man, it was it was a uh, it was emotional, you know, it was me being vulnerable and at the same time it was one of those songs where I was writing it from the heart and I was just and I was just sort of expressing how I was feeling at the time and uh never really expected it to be a song that I recorded on a record or anything like that. This was before I think this was before I had even decided I was going to do a solo record, so it was just one of those songs that 
I was writing for myself and for, you know, close people around me who may have lost somebody and uh, just kind of me pouring my heart out. And and as I was putting this album together, I, you know, decided, yeah, I think this is an important song and part of my story, a big part of my story. And, and it shows a different side of who I am. And so I, I really hope that it can be healing and therapeutic for, for a lot of people out there. Are you going to be, are you ready for like, um, the messages to start pouring in? You know, there's going to be a lot of personal messages about how the song relates to other people. It's going to be a big weight. Yeah. You know, I think so. I think it's really cool. What I've, what I've found is, uh, the power of music's incredible, you know, and that, you know, a lot of times it can be really healing and therapeutic and, and also, you know, just the emotions that, that music can bring, bring up. It's, uh, it's pretty pretty special and it's a gift and I take it, you know, I take it as a responsibility to, you know, um, to kind of lean into that gift a little bit and, you know, um, and I hope it does touch people. I hope it, um, makes people feel something, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe find some healing in that. Chase Rice, uh, recently shared, he's just now realizing all the destructive things he's done in his life can be traced back to not knowing how to deal with his dad's death. Have you had any similar reflections? Uh, man, for me, I mean, I would say I was definitely impacted by losing my dad, you know, um, in a lot of ways. I tried to be really intentional at that time. And, you know, I was 20 years old, so I was still a kid. I was still figuring things out. But I had heard enough stories to know, like, <clears throat> okay, this can go one of two ways. <clears throat> and uh, I really wanted to, to stay on a path that would make him proud and that would serve me well. And, uh, so I tried to be intentional about that, you know, over the years. And if I developed anything that was too unhealthy, I tried to deal with it and tried to, you know, just maintain a healthy, um, you know, some good mental health and emotional health around that. Because yeah, if you're not careful, I mean, it was definitely tough and and definitely something I had to navigate, but I got to learn a lot through it. And, um, you know, it impacted me and made me more of, of who I am today. So Ultimately, I'm grateful, grateful for it, but it's, and it's part of life, but it's helped me um, be able to encourage other people that are going through something like that. So, Did you share this song with your mom? Uh, I did. I sent it to her. Yeah. I figured maybe in some way it would, it would, you know, be healthy for her to hear it too. So what was her reaction? She, she liked it. She said she was emotional and, uh, you know, that she could relate and missed, missed him a ton. And, um, you know, I just thought it might be cool for her to hear my, my heart because we don't talk about it you know that often as far as how we're currently doing or feeling yeah same most days you know i mean most days it's you know that was 15 years ago so you know we miss him every day but it's definitely gotten easier um but then there's sometimes where it's just you know a wave will hit you and it's just like man you know yeah sort of tough so yeah i'm sure she could relate um, we just had jelly roll in here, uh, on the surface pe- people might think, uh, like they need to be caution, c- cautious when they approach him. but he's really the nicest guy. Who have you met in this industry that kind of impressed you in the same kind of way? Like you guys are friends now, but when you first met, you were like, oh, I don't know about this guy. Mm, you know, I think Brantley's kind of got that same, yeah. uh, you know. He can be intimidating at first, but you get to know him and you're like, man, this dude's so awesome and so kind and one of the nicest guys in the world. So, uh, you know, I used to think, man, Brantley's Brantley's tough and I'm sure he, you know, I wouldn't want to cross him and I still wouldn't want to cross him. But at the same (laughs) time, he's he's such a nice guy and got such a big heart. So I'd put him in that same category. 
Uh, you and Keith also wrote together for this album. What does he bring to a, a songwriting room that's different or unique? Well, I mean, he's one of the best guitar players in the world, so that's pretty unique. Uh, <laughs> you know, and he he brought that. He, you know, he he brought a big part of that energy of that song and, and where it was going that day, and you know, was pretty big and and leading the the charge on that. So between him and Ross. Uh, you know, and Keith also has a great ear. You know, he's he knows what what a hit sounds like, and he's uh, so he he was great at you know keeping even lyrically and melodically and everything, keeping it on the tracks, and just making sure that we were doing what the uh, doing what we needed to do. How did Dancing in the Country like come to be? Like, did you set out to write something like that with them, or did y'all just get in the room and? Yeah, we just got in the room, and I was in the mood to write something fun. I told him from the beginning, I said, let's just write a fun song that makes you want to dance, you know? And uh, I th- I think I just said, you know, like dancing in the country or something like that. And the, the title's not groundbreaking or anything, but that was sort of the point. We didn't want to write a – we didn't need to write some groundbreaking lyrical genius song. We just wanted to write something fun, and, you know, that would literally make you want to dance. And so it was uh, – so it sort of just fell out after that. We just started rolling down that, yeah, let's write something like that. And dancing in the country sounds like a good title. And what would that sound like? And da 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 da. So then we just we just let it roll. How? When did you meet Keith? How far back do y'all go? Man, I I don't know. Probably five or six years over. You know, just at award shows in different places, we would you know be introduced. And I always liked Keith a lot. He was always super kind, and we exchanged numbers. Uh, you know, several years back, and he's always just been, you know, uh, really, really great to reach out and check on me. Hey, T, how you doing? What's going on? And uh, just sort of develop developed a cool friendship. And so to be to be able to go on tour together and all that, it just felt like there was already a cool connection and sort of, sort of a brotherhood there. Has he given you any advice? Oh yeah, Keith gives a lot of great advice. It feels like even in just normal conversation, you know, he's always analyzing things and sort of. Uh, you know, digesting things in a cool way where he'll just say something and you're like, bro, that was pretty genius. Like, oh my gosh, I want to, I want to keep that, you know? And so, uh, yeah, he's always just, whether it's from being an artist or being a a father or husband or, you know, running a, running a crew and a tour. I mean, he's just, uh, he's very intentional and, uh, and not afraid to give advice, which I've really soaked up and enjoyed. What uh, this song you say was partly inspired by like nightly dance parties at your house. What what are we playing in those nightly dance parties? Like a little bit are, of everything. Uh, yep. Right now it's big on fishing in the dark. I don't know why they're on a fishing in the dark <laughs> kick right now, but they they are. And actually cool. Shania Twain too. It's funny. That's a new one. Which one? Uh, man, a lot of the any of the Shania Twain stuff. I don't know what. Especially my my daughter. She wants. That's like two. We're like two days into Shania Twain. Pretty heavy. So, anyways, she's. <laughs> You never know, but we keep it mixed up, you know, yeah. and we play all kinds of different stuff. But uh, dancing in the country was definitely one of their faves. What uh, is a nickname that only your family calls you? Oh, uh, I don't know if they have any nicknames other than other than Daddy. Okay, <laughs> so that's it. We'll just roll with that. <laughs> I don't know anybody else that calls me Daddy. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> Do you have any tangible goals as a solo artist? Uh, tangible goals. Um, and I have a lot of goals, you know, I, I kind of just want to, I want to keep writing and being inspired and putting out records and, and building a fan base and connecting with people and, and just sort of see where that leads me. And, you know, I really feel like the sky's the limit and, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes.
What's the strangest royalty check you get? Where you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to pass on that question. I don't know. You stumped me. <laughs> okay. Uh, what song on country radio do you wish you wrote? Mm. Probably You Proof, because that song stayed at number one for like five weeks. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I texted Morgan like, hey, buddy, you going to start paying rent on that chart position or are you going to let somebody else slide in there? So, anyways, probably that one. <laughs> How far would we have to walk into Tyler Hubbard's house to know it's Tyler Hubbard's house? Mm. You'd actually have to walk pretty far into the house to know. You'd probably have to make it all the way to my closet or something because really there's not uh, – you wouldn't have to walk far to know that some kids live there, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but it doesn't, it, doesn't give the, uh, it doesn't give the impression that – an artist lives there, that's for sure. Okay. And what's next for you in 2023, man? Man, I'm putting out, uh, I'm just going to keep putting out music and playing shows and doing what I love and writing songs. And um, like I said, just building this thing and, and hanging out with fans and seeing where it leads me, man. I'm excited. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you coming by today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. See you, dude. All right, let's bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera from tasteofcountry.com to talk about this interview. You know, I think one of the most interesting things to watch over the next five years is the solo success of Tyler Hubbard and Brian Kelly and kind of the paths they take and I guess just kind of how serious they are about it. You know, we talked to Tyler and it's pretty clear to me that he's, he's serious about being a successful country music singer as a solo artist, just like he was when he was with FGL. Yeah, I mean, he's really into it. He he is like starting it over as a brand new career, and I appreciate the. Uh, I know like nepotism isn't the right word, but I appreciate him not using. Uh, he's not leaning on Florida Georgia Line as much as I would. I'd be like, you know, I'm mm. this guy. Remember, he's like genuinely right. doing these interviews with uh, radio stations and and doing things that he might they might not have done at the peak of Florida Georgia Line. Uh, that he's doing, you know, as you know, kind of being like a rookie, as you know, for lack of better terms. Yeah, and I will say he's almost doing that to his own detriment. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is this, when he opened up for Keith Urban, like he played all, almost all new songs. He might've played two songs. I think he played a little bit of cruise and maybe one other song we knew. And then he had five foot nine, five foot nine was already a big hit, but his set would have been improved by a little bit more Florida Georgia line, but he didn't do that. He stuck to like the new music and the direction he's trying to head in. Yeah. I mean, he's not, my dad is the chief of police at all, you know, which is respectable because I would be right. Was there anything that you really wanted to know from Tyler kind of right off the bat or maybe something that you, you still want to know about him as he kind of continues forward with this musical journey? You know, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've gotten to interview him so many times. There's stuff that, like, I would, I feel like I know a lot about him. I'd like to know more about the time, you know, during the pandemic where uh, him and uh, I just remember vividly, like, he was living in an RV because he had, like, COVID and then, like, he was beefing with Brian Kelly, but he kept saying he wasn't, but they unfollowed each other and... The political thing, I would, I would want to know more. Like, 
I would want to get him in a room with no recording devices and maybe some liquor and just be like, hey, man, how do you let's talk BK? You know, like, right. What's what's really the deal? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like, I don't even think like my thinking is at the end of the day, those two guys like they're probably still friends. They're probably st- they might not be as close and talk as much as they once did, um, but they're probably still really cool together. I think everything they're saying about like why Florida Georgia Line ended and the future of Florida Georgia Line, I think they're being genuine about it. But like they did it for a long time and traveled together. They they got families now. They went different paths. Like it was inevitable that they were going to have a disagreement. Maybe they made a couple of poor decisions by unfollowing each other or whatever it ended up being. But there's still more to that story. Like, just give me, like, the, you know, I got mad at him because he was spouting off his political views or whatever it was at the time. Like, yeah. But, you know, to his defense, like, that would really sort of, I mean, I would just have more questions if he did that. Like, I don't think (laughs) that would put it to bed by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, people still want to know if Brooks and Dunn, like, what's the real deal? And here we are in 2023. They're still touring together. But you still want to get one of them alone and be like, what's the deal? Rascal Flats. Same way. Yeah. Yeah. And I respect bands, you know, and I don't, I wouldn't say it's just a genre thing. I think it's all genres, but bands that, you know, if they break up, they, most times they don't really get into it, you know, and they don't really talk about it. You know, it's just like, yeah. And it's the same with radio. So I understand like in radio, if someone leaves your radio show, like you don't talk about it every day, you just kind of move on. So you know, I get it, and I respect it. You know, I've talked to Tyler a lot over the decade. Um, we were one of the, the first outlets to really go all in on, on Florida Georgia Line. But I still, and I'm not saying this as a good or a bad, but I still don't know that I really know who he is. Like, there's still a wall there, and I'm not sure if he's ever going to let that down. Yeah, there's probably a, a reason why. You know, I mean, it's it, the, look at their success. They've had such great success. It's probably, you know, you just you don't mess. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it's probably. But yeah, I don't know. There is, you know, there's. he's one of those artists where you're like, you want more. You want to know more, but he doesn't want to tell you. You know, and again, it's one of those things where he's such a big artist that like he doesn't really have to get into like we don't know too much personal stuff i don't know do we of like keith urban and kenny chesney and all that i don't know what kind of relationship they have but i don't know necessarily that we think they have or you're talking about um yeah i mean it feels like we do a little bit more though doesn't it like i don't know why i have a, a, a different like when i talk to keith it's a little bit more of a warm experience kenny's a different bird altogether he does he totally uh keeps himself pretty guarded uh so maybe tyler's just kind of taking a page out of the the kenny chesney playbook which is which is (laughs) fair i mean it's possible it it works it's just that's just what it is i guess yeah i've said this before in this podcast i just feel like that i feel bad for some of the musicians sometimes and uh, you know it's just in the end of the day they they sat down and wanted to play a guitar and sing you know and here we are asking them you know and that they know that's what they signed up for but here we are asking them about all these other questions. You know, it's it's really something that you you can't really teach. Uh, I, I did th- I did think we learned 
a little bit more about him when you were asking him about the song Miss My Daddy, the song he wrote for his late father. And his father, I don't think we mentioned it in the interview, but um, his father died in a helicopter crash and, and Tyler witnessed the whole thing. And it was pretty random and tragic. Um, were, were you nervous to kind of ap- approach that topic with him? Yes, yes. Every time you... <laughs> there's always... Uh somebody who recently lost a dad or a mom we've had a lot of them lately haven't we (laughs) yeah and anytime we have to ask about it i'm always like oh man oh man i'm thinking about it the whole time because you you know you don't want to be like hey welcome to the show tyler hubbard tell me about your dad that just you know you gotta really be in there it's got it's one of those things where i know at the end of the day i'm gonna get what you what we need what you guys need or i'm gonna have to be like man i just couldn't do it man so i always get nervous yeah i was a little nervous but once you see um and there's another interview that'll be coming one of these days uh on this podcast from chase rice that we recently did and it was kind of the same thing like there's a moment after I ask a question about, you know, someone passing like that, there's a good, I mean, if I ran a stopwatch, it'd probably be like three seconds, but like in my head, it's like a minute of like, oh man, oh man, how's this going to go? <laughs> you know? Well, my, my rule of thumb is if it if it's like on the album, then it's fair game. And he wrote a song about it. Chase Rice's whole album's about it. Um, and we talked to Lainey Wilson. She was another one. She almost lost her dad. Um, like to me, that was fair game because there was a song about it and it was still pretty fresh. I think at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, if we were to go, I'm trying to think of someone else who might've lost their dad and we were just kind of bringing it up at random. I think, uh, it might be a, a little bit insensitive, but I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes not. I appreciate you hanging in there. I know those are tough questions. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I mean, you know, sometimes there's there's tougher questions for the uh, digital side than there is in radio, and that's a general. That's a rule of thumb because in radio, you know, you got to stay kind of surface with the questions and be fun. So I enjoy getting in there. I'm just I never know like how they're gonna take it, but I haven't really had anybody that you know got crazy. I don't think. Uh, shout out to you, by the way, the last time we had Tyler in, um, early in 2022, he shared the story about writing five foot nine and taking it home and his wife telling him she's really five foot 10. Um, like we had that first, but I'm now seeing that pop up in different interviews that he's doing to sort of promote this album. Now it's like, no, 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 no. Evan got yeah. that. He was the OG on yeah. that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, he's come in a lot to promote this. He's he's really uh, trying hard. So yeah, I've man, we've learned a lot about Tyler Hubbard over the days. That's for sure. And and, and I always respect the artists that even though they're not the the most warm interview or they're a little guarded, they're still showing up. I think you could include Jason Aldean in that pack as well. Like he's not like just a ball of energy and like. But he's showing up and he's doing the interviews over and over again. I, I I have nothing but a ton of respect for that. Yeah, it, yeah, it can't be easy. It can't be easy. Um, no. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening to Taste of Country Nights on Demand. Uh, Taste of Country Nights is heard on over 120 radio stations across America. You can check us out online at tasteofcountry.com uh, or the Taste of Country app. And this podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network.